0: Greetings, everyone. Happy Monday night here on the Wolverine.com's YouTube channel or in the YouTube or in the Wolverine.com podcast feed. If you're listening to us after the fact, it is Monday night, September 25th uh, here on another victory week, uh, so to speak. We're going to get used to having a lot of those this year, but the first one in Big Ten play is in the books. Anthony Broom here with Clayton Safey, Uh, Chris Ballas, not with us tonight, but Little bonus uh, for you guys watching on YouTube. The new episode of Ballast and Skeen, a little bit delayed from yesterday, will premiere on our YouTube channel right after we're done here. So, a little PSA on that. But, uh, Clayton, welcome in. And before we get started, I have to ask uh, Did you see that
1: Taylor Swift was at the Chiefs game yesterday? I don't know if you saw it or heard about it. Did you see the Hutchinson family was also at the the Lions game? Yeah. They were. I don't know. I think, I think, uh, T Swift got a little more airtime, but yeah, you were at the lions game as well. Great, great weekend of NFL. And then, uh, just a great day of college football on Saturday too. So I am, I'm excited. It's crazy. We're already in, in week five, but, uh, I, yes, I did see that, that Taylor Swift was also in the locker room after the game too. Yeah. She I'd apparently left her suite, uh, in a popcorn
0: machine or, or something like that. But, uh, Interesting. Another wild uh, football Sunday. These are the be- this is the best time of the year. Got a, a loaded slate on Saturday that mostly lived up to the hype. Sunday NFL, nothing wrong with that at all. It's cool to even be there in person, but a lot to get to today, including a discussion about toughness and tough football teams and who is a tough football team and who is trying to speak toughness into existence. We'll also talk, uh, you know, give some final thoughts on Michigan's game against Rutgers, a Monday press conference that we went to today. Um, you know, first road trip of the year coming up, Rutger, uh, uh, Rutgers in the books, Nebraska up this weekend. So a lot to get to. Uh, we will get into it, but before we get started, we do have just a little bit of housekeeping to do. And you guys have heard us talk about our friends at Bird Dogs multiple times since they came on as a partner with us. Uh, bird Dogs make you look good. I'm wearing mine right now. Uh, usually, you know, I, I make it a I make it a point to only be videoed from the shoulder up so I don't want to quite step back and give you the full free show here. Got to pay a little extra for that but bird dogs are stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff restricting cotton. They fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs inter- uh, uses anti-stink and sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So uh, you know, if you if you head on over to birddogs.com slash wolverine right now or use the promo code Wolverine, you will get a free Hydro Flask style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash Wolverine or use promo code Wolverine for your free Hydro Flask style tumbler when you place an order over there. Uh, you're not gonna want to take these things off. Uh, they're tremendous. They sent, I believe, all of us, including Chris. I believe they sent two pairs of shorts and a pair of joggers. They're all they're all great. They all get uses from me, um, you know, a few times a week. Great, uh, great asset for us. So uh, head on over to BirdDogs.com. Use that promo code Wolverine and get your shorts. Get the Tumblr, and yeah, that's just about all there needs to be said about that. Bird Dogs is awesome. So uh, shout out to Bird Dogs. Shout out to uh, their partnership here on a Monday night, Clayton. Uh, I want to lead with what we're going to go into first tonight because I'll be honest. I mean, you and I could sit here and talk ball all day for multiple hours, break down the minutia of the Rutgers game, and you know, preview you know the road trip to Nebraska, which we will do on Thursday. We will preview that game in depth. I don't know that that's going to move the needle for a lot of people. Um, there is one thing that is becoming really apparent to me this season, and that is the fact that. I don't think we're going to see this Michigan football team play a bowl caliber team. Maybe Minnesota is a team that could sneak into a bowl, but you know, they crapped the bed over the weekend against Northwestern. The rest of the conference outside of Michigan, Ohio state, Penn state kind of looks like a joke right now. Uh, Wisconsin is still kind of up and down and figuring it out under Luke fickle, but it's one of those things here where we start looking at big picture narratives because this is, this season is taking and this is the way it was always going to be it's taking on a feel of those last three games at penn state at maryland against ohio state this kind of coming down to be a three game season with the build up being ultimately to that game at the end of uh, at the end of november so with that in mind and all eyes on the ohio state buckeyes this week what I don't even know how to set this up other than to say, if you watch that game on Saturday night one, I think you have to feel pretty good about where you, where you stack up uh, on a, on any field with Ohio state. The last two years are obviously proof of that, but you get to Ryan day's press or right. Not even his press conference. He's on the field cutting a WWE promo with, I believe it was Melissa Stark and uh, or Catherine Tappen, my bad. And he is sitting here stuffing Lou Holtz in a locker beating his chest about how tough his football team is he's red in the face his voice is cracking uh, with the you know the intensity of your your high school algebra teacher coming in and yelling at the class Ryan Day Michigan is is firmly in the heads of the Ohio State Buckeyes He's, he's yelling about Lou Holtz he's stuffing an 86 year old man in a trash can after the game Michigan totally owns that program right now and that's Let's give these guys, you know, again, I'm sure this will show up in someone's hype video for Ohio State week. I'm sure it will show up on someone's message board. Maybe, maybe not. And and I'm not one to take, you know, to come on the air and take unwarranted pot shots. But that should be a game you come out of as an Ohio State fan to say, you know what? We didn't play our best ball, but that's a gritty win against a top 10 team on the road. We, you know, we had to get one yard to win it, which, you know, was made easier by the fact that Notre Dame couldn't get 11 guys on the field. And you come out of it with Ryan Day kind of just again. I, I you want to see a guy go out and defend his team, but you know he comes out and says they've only played one bad half of football the last two years. This guy is—it's like the old line from the wedding singer. I wish I wish Chris was here right now. Uh, you know they're lose—he's losing his mind, and I'm reaping all the benefits. So thoughts on Ryan Day? Thoughts on Ohio State and a guy that. Uh, you know, Michigan is just firmly in this guy's head right now. And you could tell, like you, you could even hear it in his voice. It's like the, the bullied kid in class who finally gets sick of getting made fun of.
1: I don't even know where to start after everything you just did on there. But, uh, no, I mean, I agree. Like we were, we were texting late on Saturday about it. Like I, I couldn't believe what I, what I saw. I mean, it was a complete meltdown for 86 year old Lou Holtz to be in his head was, uh, was just crazy. I mean, Lou Holtz is a former national championship-winning Notre Dame coach. I mean, he said that 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 when Ohio State loses, that the other team's tougher. I don't think that's some huge shot. I mean, I think it's probably also true. It's nothing that you know. I, I think that they don't realize themselves. I mean, remember last year he put in all those signs all over the locker room, toughness and physicality. Um, and I, I'll say, if, if you have to say that you're tough and you know go on national TV and say that you're tough, you're probably not that tough. I think tough teams would, you know, people say it about them. They, they don't need to say it themselves. You know, with that said, I thought Ohio State, that was a, a very good win for them. Um, and and their defense is very good and, and probably pretty tough as well. Um, but Notre Dame able to run on them a little bit in the second half and, uh, and you know, just a, a pretty solid game defensive slugfest. But Man, uh, and the the one interesting thing talking to our friend Isaiah Hull today at our at the Michigan press conference is this could be a detriment for Ohio State if he thinks that they're as tough as possible and that they're kind of a complete product in that area. I mean, it might be a detriment to them to to think that and go about the rest of the season that way because they're not going to get tested all that much either until they play Penn State and then Michigan. So you know, we're really just going to find out at the end of November. Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I couldn't even imagine Jim Harbaugh going on a tirade like that—a complete meltdown. Uh, you know, it was kind of embarrassing for Ryan, but um, you know, it was—it made my Saturday night. It was—it was entertaining. It was—it was good content. I'll give him that. That's like two of the last three Saturday nights where I feel like I—I was kind
0: of, sort of snuggled in for the night, and you're watching something on TV or you're scrolling through social media, and then you sit up in bed and gasp. And obviously, Mel Tucker stuff was was a very different situation, uh, a different kind of exposing who you really are to the world. But uh, yeah, the Ryan J thing again. It's uh, I- I'm not. His team played well. I thought. I think on offense and defense, they're a little better up front than I think some people were giving them credit for. No, Notre Dame ran on him a little bit, but again, Notre Dame's a good football team too. But God, I mean, let's talk about them for a second too. I mean, you go out there and the last two snaps of the game, you can't even get 11 defenders on the field. That is that's rich rod and hoke level stuff. And and I hate to say it, but you go out there and do stuff like that. And I feel like that kind of stuff doesn't go away. There are mistakes that happen here and there, but I feel like there have been a couple of Notre Dame games the last few years where there's been some kind of just egregious, you know, detailed error uh, that, that causes them to lose a football game. And, so again, again, that was a great game uh, for the most part. I mean, I I like those low-scoring games, and it's kind of I know there's been a lot of controversy about the clock rule and what's going on with all that, but you know, something I like about the NFL, not that I want college football to emulate the NFL, is that possessions, you know, possessions matter, and what you do with possessions matter, and it makes you know down to down what you what your play calls are on offense and defense. Everything's just more critical when. There's just not more of you know not as many chances to get the football back. And Notre Dame had their chances to win that game on that final drive, dropped an interception. I think there were a couple penalties. Obviously the stuff at the end, but um, you know I'm not going to sit here and make any grand proclamations about Ohio State. I don't you know right now through four games, I don't think Kyle Kyle McCord is still figuring it out, but not quite the caliber of guy that they've had there. Uh, Made some mistakes in that game. And I think the biggest thing about Ohio State right now is, is when you look at them, is they are a Ferrari that's trying to put a snowplow and on their, you know, on the vehicle. And it's like, dude, you, you guys, you don't need to cry and, and whine about how t- people don't respect you for being tough. You have Marvin Harrison Jr. I watched Sunday Night Football last night. Devonte Adams gets t- uh, targeted eighteen or nineteen times in the game.
1: On my he's fantasy guy. team,
0: he's on my yes. fantasy team. Yes. Um, there's a comment here that says prevent defense is terrible and no one should ever run it. Yeah, third night game. I I tweeted that out. Prevent defense is losing defense. But, yeah, Ohio State, I mean, I think, again, I don't want to – this is a Michigan podcast, but when we talk about the buildup to that game, to me right now the difference is, uh, you know, Michigan looks dominant but still methodical and still kind of figuring it out. Whereas I think Ohio State, you saw glimpses of, like, what their vintage self was last week. They put up six to three points, but this whole trying to convince the world you're tough, instead of just going out there and being about it. um, I don't know. I, again, it's it's almost like if you're a Michigan fan, you almost want them to have, you know, to hit on Isaiah's point. You almost want them to have that type of bravado instead of being humbled. Cause we've seen Ohio state teams lose early in the year before. And then obviously the train gets roll and you're hitting on all cylinders. And then we see what happens, but I just thought it was interesting to kind of bring up the state of of where things are at. There, it was obviously a big storyline on Saturday night. Uh, Ryan Day yelling about how awesome his Dodge Stratus is. I don't know. You have any other thoughts on well the state of the Ohio State Buckeyes or anything like that?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I think uh, most Michigan fans were probably rooting against Ohio State, which is fair. I-, I will say Ohio State winning that game and giving Notre Dame a loss, and they still have some tough games to go. Might not be the worst thing either, when you look at the playoff race, you know, last year Ohio State was able to sneak in even with the loss to Michigan. Uh, you know, didn't have to play in the big Ten championship game. That wouldn't have happened if Notre Dame was better last year. maybe zero losses or, or one loss. so there was just kind of no one else that could stop them from getting in. It was they had to be the fourth seed. So if you're Michigan and you're in that spot this year, obviously it's more ideal if you beat Ohio State, but if you're in those shoes this year, you, you don't want a Notre Dame lingering there either. So, in you know, you can beat Ohio State, you can't beat Notre Dame. So, to get Notre Dame a loss isn't the worst thing. And then for Ohio State to have their coach, you know, basically admit that well he did that. You know, Michigan, he's still thinking about Michigan after that game and how they had a bad half half up in Ann Arbor. Um, you know, failing to mention that they got outscored twenty eight to three should have been worse with the, the pity whistle in Columbus last year. You know, I think it's kind of a best case. You sit back at the end of the night and you say it's best case. With that said, though, I mean, it was a good win from Ohio State. Um, and, you know, with Kyle McCord, I understand that, you know, he didn't he, – you know, he, he did what he needed to do at the end of that game. I think it was more about their receivers and, and maybe Notre Dame's mistakes as well, as you kind of hit on with the 10 guys on the field, the prevent defense, third and 19 and all that but Kyle McCord's probably going to get better throughout the year too. I mean, week 4 last year, JJ McCarthy's a first-year starter and he's running all over the place against Maryland, you know, almost turning the ball over. He got a lot better and went into that game at the end of the year against Ohio State and it was fantastic. So I think Kyle McCord's going to get better too, but you know, he he looked a little bit shaky at times there and I think if you if you look at things, Michigan and Penn State have the two best quarterbacks in the league. I think Michigan Penn state and Ohio state all have really good defenses. And I am excited to see these teams. Once that little mini round Robin starts in uh, towards the end of the season and you know, with all those matchups and we get to, you know, put talk of toughness to the, to the side and, and we just see these teams play. But until then um, I think, you know, it's anyone's guess out of those three teams who's, who's going to kind of come out of it. So um you know, excited to see what what comes to all of that with with Penn State also winning very impressively on Saturday night against Iowa as well. They look like uh, a real real contender here as we kind of thought coming into the season.
0: And I guess my last point on the Ryan Day and Ohio State thing. I mean, I know there was there was the count. We we played one bad half of football the last few years, and you hit on outscoring them twenty eight to three in the second half of last year's game against Michigan.
1: There was Michigan also the Oregon game, yeah.
0: There was the Oregon game, there was the second half of the game in 2021 where I believe Michigan outscores them um, 28-14. Mathis so Arsons so he did. said
1: he said in his press conference that that's the half he was talking about. He said we he clarified and said we had one bad half up in Ann Arbor two years ago, which I would have thought it would have been the one in Columbus. But he's talking about two years ago in Ann Arbor.
0: Yeah, I mean both those years too obviously uh you know spirals out of control they they're one score games in the fourth quarter but um, you know it just it's goes to show it's another game where if you get this Ohio State team in a four quarter football game, they are extremely beatable in Notre Dame had their chances to do that. Uh, I look at and it's not just it's not just Michigan either. it's you know they they gave up 18 points in the fourth quarter of that playoff game. Uh, should have beaten Georgia. They'll blame a missed kick on it. But really, you know, you, you got to finish up. You got to finish the game. And and they don't they haven't done enough of that against the Georgias and the Michigans of the world hmm. of late. So not to fixate on them. Um, but this kind of leads into my next point. Uh, and it's sort of a changing of segments here. But Michigan fans, I, I don't know. How are we going to view this team week to week, knowing that it is that build up to to Penn state and November. And you know, the way things are right now, even if they get things firing on all cylinders, the way that Michigan plays, we, it's another week where we watch them, you know, take care of their business. It's a 31, seven game last week, 31 to six, 30 to three in the opener, 35, uh, seven in the, uh, in week two. How do you, get, how do we track progress here over the next few weeks? Cause this is about the time of year where, and we'll talk about what those guys talked about in the Monday press conference here in a little bit, but week four and week five, those first two road trips of the year has been where we've seen this football team develop its identity and on the offensive line, you know, gain that chemistry. You know, it has to, the chemistry communication has to be top notch because whether Nebraska is an 18 and a half point underdog or not, you're going to come into a place on Saturday where you're going to have hundred or almost a hundred thousand people. I don't know what the, the capacity is there, you know, screaming their heads off going up against you for the first time this year. So I feel like this type of environment, these types of environments coming up, and then obviously was announced today that Minnesota will be a night game. This is where you're going to start to see what this team really is made of, but get used to the next several weeks of people going, well, yeah, you know, you may have won 34 to three, but You know, it was just Nebraska or it was just Minnesota or, well, Michigan State's in disarray. You should have done that. So how do we, is it just a waiting game to where we see what happens on November 11th through November 25th? Or how do we start to view this? Because everything that this team does is going to be, is it good enough to beat Ohio State? Is it good enough to beat Penn State? Is it good enough they put in the beat Georgia drill? Is it good enough to beat Georgia or beat a playoff team? you look at the Washingtons of the world right now, the Oregons of the world right now, they have a different gear to them uh, at this moment. So Clayton, for you, what is that does tracking that progress look like?
1: Um, I mean, I think it's just kind of what' we've, what we've been doing. I mean, I, I think there's a couple things with this is and Jim Harbaugh touched about it, touched on it a week ago, and then it was kind of even more apparent to me and kind of came back to me after this last game. Against Rutgers, he was, he was back there. He was extremely excited in the post-game press conference. Um, I mean, all sorts of, you know, just smiling. And, you know, he got an applause from uh, some of his guests that he was uh, at the game after he took the podium. And he was laughing about that. And the players were just really excited to have him back and win that game. You know, I think after the Bowling Green game, like Harbaugh said, uh, there was kind of, maybe a little bit of too high of expectations going into a game where it's like you, the goals aren't just to win and stay healthy. The goals are now to, to win by, you know, whatever the point spread was that game. Um, and, you know, I, I think that it's important one to realize that they're, they're getting these wins. They're doing it in pretty dominant fashion. I mean, we're nitpicking a lot of different things with this team. I mean, minus one play, the defense was lockdown against Rutgers. I mean, they allow less than 200 yards outside of that 69 yard touchdown, to Christian Dremel on the third play of the game they hold them scoreless after that play they get a huge play themselves with you know looking at Mike Sanders still right there who's on the screen 71 yard pick six um, you know they did a lot of good things and then offensively too I mean the offense is still kind of coming along I feel like there's still some consistency issues there they stalled out twice and had to settle for field goal attempts um, you know, they go three and out on the first drive. There are so few possessions these days where it's it's kind of hard to to judge it, you know, when you just have a couple things happen and then th- that's three of your eight possessions or whatever it is. But the offense, 6.8 yards per play. I thought the run game was better. I mean, J.J. McCarthy was really good both through the air and with his, with his uh, legs and, you know, that element of the game with him running now, 51 yards for him. I mean, there was a lot of good from this game. So I think we just kind of have to – continue to look at it from that lens i mean yeah it's always going to be looked at nitpicky because this team is number two in the country they're trying to win the national championship but i think we can't forget too that the number one goal is to win and when you're doing it against big 10 competition it's never going to be fully easy um you know even if it is rutgers or, or nebraska or minnesota which just lost to northwestern um So, you know, I I think we just kind of view it how we've been been viewing it and understanding that they're probably going to win most of these games pretty comfortably. But, you know, at at the end of the day, teams will rise up, too, when you play in those bigger games as well. Every week doesn't have to be good enough to beat Ohio State because you're not playing Ohio State that week. We saw a year ago, Illinois, they don't play very well. The next week they play the best game they've played in a long, long time. So it's just kind of the way college football goes from a week-to-week basis, I would say.
0: I really like I like where this team is at right now, and there's been talk about oh they can't cover these spreads or oh maybe they're a little too fat and happy. Every game that they've played has pretty much been wire to wire domination, and I know I know what the competition has been. You know Rutgers, and let me give Rutgers its flowers too. That might be, and we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. That might be, you know, the maybe the third best defense they see the rest of the way. Greg Schiano has those guys I mean they have Big 10 quality depth I said this before but they have all cal- all conference caliber talent in each phase of uh in each phase of the game on that side of the ball uh they their special teams are stout the punter uh they always have some amazing punter that rolls out and kind of makes you tighten up there for a second thinking he's going to run for a first down, but, uh, you know, give, give Rutgers credit to Like they will, I talked earlier about, I don't know if they're going to be a bowl, you know, if Michigan's played a bowl team yet, but that is a team that looks like, especially in a big 10 East where Indiana is needs four overtimes to beat Akron Michigan state is just in all kinds of disarray right now. And I assume more will be coming uh, when Mel Tucker is officially fired sometime this week, but that Rutgers team, they're i won't say close but they are they are a thorn in your side this is not 780 you know 780 chris ash squad anymore uh, greg shiano has them playing a respectable brand of ball
1: uh, so i was they're, really impressed they're a competent they, yeah they're a competent team now you know for sure and they have they yeah. have some more depth than they've had yeah so for me you know when you look at
0: how this team has played through four games i think they're they're really close to being about as well-rounded a Michigan team as as we've seen. I think that offensive line, once they get that sorted out, which again, I think this is week week five, week six, that's where we start to see those strides taking place. Uh, We talked to Trevor Keegan today, and they said it really was that Penn State game last year, which I think was week seven, where they finally felt like they were locked in and what they were going to be. But again, uh, I think really once they get that run game going consistently, this team is going to be a group that keeps putting its opponents into the cho- the torture chamber because they're going to go on long drives, they're going to get off the field quickly on defense and I know the uh you know these up tempo offenses and what Washington and Oregon and USC and, and teams like that have been doing have been impressive in the story of the year uh, across the nation this year. This Michigan team is built to uh, to be not only to be a bully. I love the the quote from Blake Corum: "We bully bullies." Uh, but also, you, know, you you put someone you you put someone who's not ready for a street fight on the field with them, and they're going to it's going to be death by a, by a million paper cuts. And I think at some point they're going to start popping more of these big plays. So for me, I, I just I the fact that they have blown out every single team they've played, and we're still talking about them playing their. B minus or B games overall as a team, which I think defense has been much, much better than that. But they're
1: they're still, they're in a really good spot right now. And, and I think good things will come. I mean, if you think back, I think sometimes people kind of forget how a season really goes. I mean, Trevor Keegan made the great point today about how that Penn State game was kind of the coming out party, especially for the offensive line. I mean, they rushed for 418 yards in that game. So, I mean, that was just, absolutely absurd it put them back on the radar for the joe moore award but like he said today we're not worried about the joe moore award right now we're trying to mesh right now and he said he feels like they're really really close to doing that and breaking out in the games he said i was just transcribing what he uh, talked about and we'll have an article up on that uh, in a little bit and and he said that about four or five times it's close it's coming i promise that um, and, and you could feel it. You know, Trevor Keegan, he's talked to us many a times over the last several years. He does not BS up there, and you could you could feel it from him that that he's telling the truth on that. Um, you know, I know they're still rotating the tackles, so that's a little bit of a work in progress, but I think at some point here in the next few weeks, we're going to see everything come together at once because Jim Harbaugh talked about it with J.J. playing a little bit of a down game against Bowling Green where the law of averages caught up. I think the law of averages are probably going to catch up where – Most of the areas of in phases of the game are going to come together all at once for Michigan. And it's the last two years where those two straight early Big Ten road games have really been kind of the coming out party for this team. Uh, You know, then Penn State to a a different extent last year at home. But, you know, Iowa a year ago, then the Indiana second half when they really blew them out. Uh, Two years ago, it was the Wisconsin game, and then a a hard-fought game against Nebraska where you start to kind of form that identity and build that momentum going into the rest of the year. So although the opponents aren't great coming up the next two weeks, uh, you still got to be on high alert, and I think that they could be a a big kind of pivotal jumping-off point for this team. When you go on the road, you build that confidence. You know, it's just you and the, what is it, 74 guys that can can travel. You know, it can kind of galvanize a team to win a road game and build its identity. So I, I think, you know, that, that this team is, is in a pretty good spot and it's not that bad to be winning in blowouts and also knowing that you can do things a lot better. So, you know, they, they, they got areas they need to work on, but I feel like they are pretty close. I, I would, I would agree with Trevor Keegan and I, and I, trust what he's kind of saying specifically too, when it comes to the, the offensive line and in the run game and in the, the different areas he was talking about.
0: Well, it's on my mind. I want to shout out someone that we came in contact with over the weekend, a man, uh, I don't know if he watches or listens and I, you know, if anyone's watching or listening, please let him know we brought him up. But uh, Ron Rosenthal, at a tailgate on Saturday said, if you take Michigan's big 10 opponents at home this year, Rutgers, Indiana, Purdue, Ohio state spell it out means RIP Ohio state. So maybe that's prophetic. We'll see what happens. It was clever. Ron, Ron said you can use that, but you have to credit me for it. So, there you go, Ron. Shout out to Ron. I, I hope, I hope you. I hope, I hope this finds its way back to him somehow because we did remember that. Yep. So, um, before we get into, you know, I want to talk about some of the things that we got uh, from Jim Harbaugh, from Michigan players, JJ McCarthy, Trevor uh, Keegan, on Monday afternoon. Uh, we will get to that next. We will also take your questions. So, get that, get those questions in the queue, uh, Alex Canty. We saw you sent in a super chat. We will lead with yours, so we will get to that one. When we get into the questions segment, but we do have just a bit of housekeeping to do. Uh, want to talk about our pals over at Caldera. Gentlemen, listen, we all know that first impressions matter. And if you're looking to take care of your skin, you should be. That's gonna be something that's that's high on your list. Is that glow about you, that winning glow, that 4 0 glow about you right now. Uh, you know, it's the first thing that someone notices and instantly either thinks that you're way older than you are or that you just don't care about your appearance. So show them that you do and make a great first impression with Caldera lab. These guys at Caldera lab, let me tell you, they have figured out skincare for men. So you don't have to simply the best products and ingredients to round out your wellness routine. Check out their website. Uh, it's terrific. Uh, they have the Caldera Lab Regimen, which includes three products the clean slate, the base layer, and the good. The clean slate starts and ends your day. It's a face wash that leaves all skin types refreshed. The base layer is your daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin and jumpstart your day full of confidence. And the good is your multifunctional serum at night that makes your skin look tighter and smoother, as well as reduce the visibility of wrinkles and fine lines. million antioxidant units in the serum. No other brand does this better yet. Caldera is the only one that cares enough to to let you know about it too. So just for our audience, we have an exclusive offer. This is their best offer available anywhere. Use promo code MICH23 at calderalab.com for 20% off your order right now. Get 20% off your order using code MISH23, 23 M-I-C-H 23, at CalderaLab.com and make unforgettable first impressions that lead to the charming words, you look younger. So that's 20% off at CalderaLab.com with the promo code mish 23 On Monday nights, we are also brought to you by our pals over at Rogue Shop. We've been talking about Rogue Shop since I feel like the beginning of last football season. And if you're having issues sleeping, chronic pain, anxiety, stress, Need to take the edge off of any of that. Head on over to RogueShop.com and use promo code TheWolverine to get 10% off your order. RogueShop sells CBD, THC, edibles, tinctures, smokables, bath salts, pain creams, topicals, vapes, candles, soaps, more. I'm out of breath just reciting their menu of products. So they grow their own cannabis in their own facility. Everything they put out is made with their own stuff. Their website has a 24-7 chat function where customers can ask. Anything. Uh, they are a true small business. They are disabled, veteran-owned, out of Eau Claire, Wisconsin. So head on over to RogueShop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E Shop.com. Use promo code The Wolverine and get ten percent off your order. Clayton, Monday night uh, means that we have press conferences to recap, also after the fact, the radio show to recap with Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh, of course, taking the podium this week uh, to preview this first road trip against Nebraska um, a lot to kind of sift through coming off of the fir- you know, the conference opener. And this is where I think we, we see Jim, you know, kind of gets a little, little less fired up in press conferences, maybe more kind of, you know, hunkered down and, and want to get to work. And we know how anxious he was to get back on the field, but, uh, A lot of things to sift through in terms of what he said on Monday. Uh, You know, Chris wrote about, you know, the Donovan Edwards question, how he feels about the running back room and the run game. So, you know, as we sit here and go through, uh, also Jim Harbaugh did watch Notre Dame, Ohio State, didn't offer any rebuttal or retort to Ryan Day's comments, but did have the YouTube TV fired up. So he's a YouTube TV guy. For those of you keeping uh, tabs on the brands that he has sort of brought up in these press conferences on Monday, it's McDonald's, it's Panera bread, it is YouTube TV. So far, but uh, what were some of your bigger takeaways from the Jim Harbaugh Monday presser? Because uh, a lot of it, really, before they get into the nuts and bolts of putting the game plan in, is just kind of reflecting on what we saw over the weekend. Oh, was so, I, I just think mute- you might
1: be? You was were muted. Okay, well, that's my bad. Well, I was just talking to myself then. Uh, Nezi on Twitter, I think <laughs> at Nezi21 was just DMing me, and I, I had the same thought as him when Jim Harbaugh was talking about how he switched over to YouTube TV from DirecTV cause it's half the price. He said, uh, you got to get this guy a raise. I mean, they got to get his contract going because he can't even afford direct TV anymore. So, uh, <laughs> you know, he, Michigan, I think would be wise to do that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, think that, uh, you know, the Donovan Edwards, him saying there's nothing wrong with Donovan Edwards, which wasn't actually even the question. Like the question was just how would you assess, where Donovan Edwards is at. So I think, you know, that kind of is a little bit telling in and of itself where they understand he's struggling. You know, I thought they tried to get him going a little bit more in the run game this past game. And, um, you know, or or excuse me, as a receiver this past game and getting him the ball in different ways, which I think is, is smart using him on different motions, having him on the field with Blake Corum. Um, But you got to get Donovan Edwards going a little bit. And I think he's probably a, a rhythm type of player. You know, his better performances come when he gets the ball more So that's going to be hard to do when you have Blake Corum also in the running back room with him. But uh, I thought that was a a really interesting comment by, by Jim Harbaugh. Um, And, you know, look, he, he, he likes where this team's at. I mean, I know there are a lot of people saying they haven't, haven't played their best game yet and they, they definitely haven't, but I think he's pretty pleased with most areas. Um, You know, we talked about it with the offensive line run game, probably pretty close as Trevor Keegan said. Um, so I think he's, you know, and he, he doesn't touch many of the questions about what do you need to win on the road and whatever he says. You just got to, you got to play well, um, which is, you know, pretty standard. Blocking and tackling. Blocking and tackling. I was listening to Matt Rule today too. He <laughs> said, he said the same thing. It's going to come down to blocking, tackling, covering, throwing. It's like, okay, well, I mean, I guess. Comes down, to, just, playing, comes down to playing football, I guess. We could all just go home. I mean, I think we'll just wait (laughs) till the game and see what happens. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think talking to the players, too, they're they're all excited for this road trip. So it's uh, you know, you can kind of you can kind of feel the uh, the excitement for that, I think, with these guys and a little bit of a different challenge. You've been comfortable at home four weeks in a row. You've had the same schedule. Now you get to you know, you got to travel the day before you got to, you know, and not as many people, you know, are around. It's just you and the guys there. So it should be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, we also talked to J.J. McCarthy, Trevor Keegan. Uh, McCarthy was the first time, I mean, we heard from him after the Bowling Green game, but uh, you know, he comes out on Monday and kind of addresses some of the stuff that led to the three interceptions in that game, and then obviously he comes back with not quite a flawless performance against Rutgers, but pretty darn good. Uh, he was uh, through for, what, 215 yards and had another 50 yards on the ground, and uh, you know, d- just a nice bounce-back week from him. You know, he said something along the lines that He just felt like he was putting a little too much pressure on himself to be perfect. Uh, I think that there was, you know, in those first three games, I think there was an aspect of that team that was frustrated that they weren't winning more because they wanted to put on a show for Jim Harbaugh, who wasn't with them. But uh, McCarthy, I think when you look at how he was able to bounce back this past week, I think it says a lot about the type of guy he is. He's never really been one to let those mistakes snowball on him. That's what made that Bowling Green game so... I don't want to say alarming, mm-hmm. it's just kind of, it was surprising. And it was what we described at the time as an outlier and we'll see what happens with him moving forward. But you talk about guys being excited about a road trip this weekend. I mean, he is, he is at the forefront of that. And, and the, the, the nice thing about your quarterback having that trait where, you know, you're kind of frothing at the mouth to have people cheering against you and, and, and being in that loud environment. You know he's been on Michigan teams that have. I mean, they've they've been at Nebraska and won. They've won at Wisconsin. They've won at Ohio State. They've won pretty much everywhere in this conference that they've gone, except for East Lansing over the last few years. And and certainly think that that will wind up being another box they check off later on this year. We'll see what happens. But you know, when you have that guy with that type uh, of—I know Jim Harbaugh likes to say gravel in his gut—but you know he wants he wants that smoke. So to speak, you know, he wants to be the villain. He wants to lead teams. And I think of that first road trip last year, they go to Iowa and that opening drive at Iowa I still think about that. That was maybe their most impressive kind of, I don't want to say impressive drive of the year, but to that point to come out and, and make that statement on the road in a tough place to play, that's that's what I expect to see on Saturday because that's the type of statement you maybe the next step of the development of this team, is coming out and kind of
1: silencing a crowd right off the bat, that isn't your own. Yeah, that crowd was jumping too, and I mean it was completely silent. I was in that crowd, uh, if you remember, and um, so yeah, no, that was a, that was fantastic, and that was their first taste of it. And I think you know it could be similar. I mean, Nebraska's defense is is pretty good. Um, you know, they, they're not going to test Michigan a ton throwing the football. They do have a pretty good run game, but we'll see how it stacks up against a better opponent like Michigan. Um, you know, with kind of running the option and, uh, you know, we'll see who even is playing quarterback for Nebraska this weekend. But one way they will test Michigan is, is you know, stopping the run and playing tough in there defensively. And Matt Rule was saying today that he's trying to build their program on very similar characteristics that Jim Harbaugh built Michigan on toughness, physicality, running the ball, stopping the run. And, you know, the, the, you're kind of seeing those qualities at least, you know, kind of towards the surface here with this Nebraska team, even though they're two and two and they have had their fair share of struggles early on. So, um, you know, I agree. JJ's got the right mentality going in. We've seen them play well on the road in the past. And that's really a, it's a prerequisite to winning this conference is you have to, you know, win on the road. Obviously you got to win a lot of games, most of them, if not all of them to win the conference, but, You have to play well on the road. You have to handle adversity well on the road, and Michigan's done a great job of doing that. They've embraced being on the road. Last year at Iowa, they're waving the pink towels. Two years ago at Nebraska, they were jumping around to Thunderstruck. They did the jump around the week before that against Wisconsin. They try to turn the opponent's music into their own music, that sort of mentality, and that has just been the absolute formula for this Michigan team the last couple years, and I expect them to be – you know, jamming out to some ACDC at the end of the third quarter on Saturday, potentially with a pretty big lead. And when they were doing that two years ago, they, I think they were losing by three points. Um, and you know, it just shows you the the confidence and the and you know, kind of the bravado of this team and their disposition, which is you got to love to see if you're Jim Harbaugh.
0: Yeah, those guys completely unbothered. I think that was was Nebraska after Wisconsin or before Wisconsin that year. It was, I think after. It was after. Yeah. So yeah, in back-to-back weeks to have saw that to see you know how they just kind of made that Wisconsin environment their own. And again, what happened two years ago? I'm not saying that's predictive of what happens next, but we know that's what the DNA of this group is. And when you go into a game against Nebraska, which I'm excited to, I am legitimately excited to kind of dive into to what they've been up to. Uh, you know, before we do this Thursday show and put out some of our pregame stuff, uh, I, I think the world of Matt Rule. I think that he will turn things around. Maybe not as quickly as I thought they would. Uh, I picked them to win eight games in our football preview. That's I kind of look to be
1: eating my words on that right now. But uh, yeah, but look know. at the West. I mean, they could. Yeah, the West is they terrible. I, like we talked about earlier too, with the way the Big Ten looks. I think if Maryland were over in the West, I think they would. They might run away with that division, but they're not, and it's wide open. So there, I don't think the top four teams are on that side. So Nebraska may win a few games. I don't think they're going to win it. Um, you know, but I uh, they're you know they're gonna win a couple games. I think that maybe even they're not supposed to. Yeah, look yeah, at we'll see the,
0: their they're op the opportunities there. Uh Illinois is beatable. Northwestern is extremely beatable. <laughs> Purdue, uh, Michigan State? Purdue, Michigan State. I mean, God, I, I they should have a, a a good time running the option there. That team defensively is just a mess right now. Um, Yeah, there's a chance there. I, I'd like to see it because everything. I, and I'm actually excited. I'm making my first trip to Lincoln this weekend. Excited to kind of soak that in. I've heard that the atmosphere is awesome. I've heard that the fans are awesome. Yeah. I'm not just saying that because our producer is a Nebraska fan, but it's uh, I'm excited to, uh, excited to see what what they're all about. And you know, when you go on the road for the defense, you know, talk about how it's going to be loud for the offense. The defense is where you know it's going. You can hear a pin drop when the defense is on the field. That's where. They can communicate where you're gonna to need to be able to communicate, especially against a team that likes to run the option, a team that's done it really well over the last few weeks. I know granted the opponents aren't haven't been the the caliber of the first two. It should be, you know, there you look for ways that that they will be tested in every game. And, and every game so far has kind of presented a unique challenge. So excited to see about that. Excited to see how this team responds. I think we know there's another gear to them that we haven't seen yet, and uh, but but we know it's there. Uh, we know that they're capable of unlocking that. And like I said, the last few years, this is about the time of year where they start to to put the hammer down a little bit. So we'll see what happens from there. Uh, we will go now into questions. Uh, the queue is wide open. We have two at the front, but anyone who's watching live who wants to get one in there, feel free to fire those up here. Uh, we will start with our friend Alex Canty, who uh, so graciously dropped a 4.99 super chat onto the channel, who says... Other than Jake Butt's awful music analogy, and I haven't seen this, and, and Jake's a buddy, so I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna hammer him for that. Uh, what is stopping the Michigan offensive line from moving in harmony is a lack of pin and pull holding back Edwards. So I think this is a twofold question. When you look at the offensive line, I just think they haven't played their best five yet, or their best five hasn't played together enough. Now we thought that maybe Ladarius Henderson would get the start last week against Rutgers they went right back to Carson Barthart. Miles Hinton would later make that switch again in the game. I think Henderson played 30 snaps if I'm not mistaken um, mm-hmm. And I would expect this week is and I feel like I've said this last few weeks this is where you know Nebraska or not Minnesota or not I don't care the, who the opponent is. I don't like the idea of going on the road and rotating your tackles, especially Nebraska's played a really really solid physical brain of defense so far. So I would think that maybe that look with Henderson on the left side, Barnhart on the right is something we see more of. I would hope so. I think that's their best five. I think that's when things have been at their best in the run game the last few weeks as well. So I'd like to see more of that. And then for Donovan Edwards, I think that we talked about you know Ohio State earlier putting a snowplow on a Ferrari. I think that they need to probably call more plays that benefit Donovan Edwards. We've seen him play for – the better part of, you know, two plus years where he's not a guy that you're going to hammer between the tackles and and be able to do the things that Blake Corham does. You got to get him out to the edges. You have to get him out, you know, with, with nothing but green grass ahead of him. And quite frankly, I mean, I, I think when you you look at some of how he's played and run, you know, running out of bounds and things like that, I think maybe he might have to take a big hit at some point just to shake off What's left of that rust? Uh, I think that it's just kind of overthinking it right now and getting him some easy ones. You know, we talk about calling plays to get your quarterback in rhythm. I feel like Michigan needs to call some plays to get Donovan Edwards in rhythm uh, because he's a guy that seems to build up as his workload increases. So, thoughts on on both of those, Clayton?
1: Yeah, it, it is interesting because it is a small sample size with Ladarius Henderson in there too. When you talk about the O line, so. I think it's probably their best combination too, but I mean they're seeing stuff in practice. I thought Miles Hinton was a little bit better as a run blocker in this past game too. He did allow a sack on third down. Then you um, you know kick a field goal, stalls a drive. Not only his fault that 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 happened, but you, you can't really um, you, you don't want that to happen obviously, and it's a mark against him. So I think you're right. Going on the road when you have to communicate, it's a loud environment. It's kind of tough to do that, and then. With Donovan Edwards, I don't think it's just the, the play calling with him not running pin and pull. I think it's it's th- there are a few plays I will say that he doesn't have much there and and that sucks for him because he doesn't get as many carries as Blake. And sometimes their blocking's not there for Blake, but then the next play it is, and you know it's an eight-yard gain or or whatever it is. Uh, Donovan doesn't get as many opportunities, so it is more unfortunate when he doesn't get the blocking. But there are also times where he's running towards Guys, Whether that's towards the back of his blocker or the defender when there's open space elsewhere. And I mean, you don't you don't run into the congestion, you run to the open space. I mean, obviously, that's dumbing the position down way more. There's so much more he needs to think about. And maybe he is overthinking it, as you said. So um, I think it's a combination of of those two things. But I, I agree that rhythm could be important for him. And maybe it's just going to take, you know, uh, maybe it'll be this weekend, or maybe it'll be next weekend. Jim Harbaugh said that today too, where maybe in a week we'll be talking about what's wrong with Blake Corum, uh, you know, because <laughs> Donovan had such a good game. So I, I don't predict we'll be saying that about Blake Corum, but I, I do predict that at some point we'll be saying, "Wow, what a hell of a game from Donovan Edwards." So I, I think it could just just be coming. This kid was hurt in the offseason as well, recovering from an injury, had a couple surgeries, so maybe he's just working back in, but. Um, definitely have not been overly impressed with with what he's done so far.
0: I wonder too, if if Blake Coram is going to be the guy that winds up taking the lion's share of these carries, which if he's run the way that he has, I, I still think that's going to ultimately be the case. I don't think it's a true 1A and 1B scenario because I think there are yeah. different players that you can rely on to do different things, but... You know, we talk about looking for more explosives everywhere and on special teams as well. You know, punt returner still isn't quite sorted out yet. Kick returner, uh, not a whole lot going on there. You know, do you you give him a shot there that he has the ball in the open field and a chance to kind of, you know, gain a full head of steam, maybe make a big play and that, you know, again, it's just, these are discussions I think they'll probably have just in terms of how do we get this guy going? Um, And is it just a matter of taking that first hit or, you know, not that he's taking hits. I mean, they've been running him, trying to run him into the the line of scrimmage. Like he's, he's getting hit and he's getting tackled. And, you know, it's not, I don't think he's avoiding contact. I just think that. No, I think the problem is he's not avoiding contact. (laughs) Yeah. He wants, he wants to cut him and JJ McCarthy want contact that they don't necessarily need to take. So uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm starting to get a little, have a little more questions about that, but not fully concerned. I mean, we are four games into what could be a 14 or 15 game season. So not too concerned about that at the moment. Uh, Let's go to Theodore Dodge. who says, question, can you guys comment on how you think is the backup QB? This is one uh, that Jim Harbaugh, we didn't get to this. He actually did address this on Monday. There is no clarity there right now. It seems like right now it's still going to be week to week. No one's quite taken and run away with that job. I think if you had to put someone into the game for any stretch of time against Nebraska, it's probably Jack Tuttle. But I I don't know that Alex Orgy is a quarterback. I don't know that that Jaden Degall is quite ready for that yet. And Davis Warren just hasn't, uh, again, hasn't run away with it. He was kind of the de facto backup. Not even really the de facto backup. Like he beat out. Uh, what was the guy's name last year? Alan Bowman for the job after Cade McNamara was
1: hurt, kind of stayed in that which goal. is impressive, actually. It is impressive yeah. he did that. Yeah, he's because Bowman's playing down at Oklahoma State. But okay, here, here's the thing. I week to week, they don't totally have one yet. But if you're going in right now, if that's the case, I think you go with the experience, right? With Jack Tuttle, as you said. So you're especially on the road. This kid started five Big Ten games. He's played in some others at Indiana. So I think you go with him and I was watching the sideline on Saturday late in the fourth quarter. They ended up keeping J.J. in, obviously, which I liked. But Jack Tuttle was the guy getting warm. So I think he probably would be next up right now if it continues to be this sort of stalemate week-to-week competition ongoing as it is. And it really was last year, too, um, it seemed like. It seemed like some weeks Alan Bowman would have been next in. And it seems like you know towards the end of the year and everything, it was Davis Warren. But um, yeah. Man, and I asked JJ about it today. But the emphasis the coaches have been putting on him to get out of bounds, slide, get down. And he, and he started laughing because that, that has absolutely been something Jim Harbaugh and probably the other coaches have been harping on. He did that better this past Saturday, but he needs to keep doing that because they need him healthy in there. They absolutely need him healthy in there. Otherwise, you know, I don't think this team's going to win those two big games on the schedule.
0: And you're going to have to scrape him off the field. If even if he does take some kind of hit, it's his helmet is going to have to fly off or he's going to have to physically unable to be out there. Uh, he is, that guy's a warrior uh, for, you know, as glamorous as that position can be. I have no doubts that JJ McCarthy, again, knocking on wood here uh, will stay healthy, but it's not a, it's not a string. It's not a thread you want to tug. Cause I don't know that there, I don't know that there's a, a great option there, whoever emerges. So uh have time for a few more here. Uh, let's go to gentle comedian who says, is it Henderson or Hinton right now? Man, I don't know. I mean, if you would ask me this time last week, I would have said, Oh, Henderson easily. He ended the game last week. That's, that's the look that's best, but he came out there and in relief again, and Hinton got the start and it was kind of just more of the same. So I have to think after four weeks of game film, you kind of just have to take it for what it is at this point. I, If I'm in there, uh, my starting five in practice this week from the jump is Henderson, Keegan, Nugent, Zinter, Barnhart. And we're just rolling. Sorry, I had to remember all of them. Uh, and you're just rolling with that. And that's that's the group that you're pumping the crowd noise into the building and they're practicing. They're figuring it out. Uh, I think that's that's critical this week to have that determined probably yesterday to have that determined.
1: Yeah. I, I think probably the plan going forward, I'm sure, you know, practice will be a big factor this week, especially for Saturday, but it seems like to me, the fact that they went back to that starting five this past Saturday is that this is going to be a little bit more of a long-term rotation, you know, maybe not the rest of the season, obviously, but you know, maybe they will take these next couple games and continue to do that. I think you can get by probably against these teams, but, um, you know, I, I, I think obviously Miles has done something, you know, to, and he, I thought he did play a little bit better in the run game, like I said, on Saturday. So obviously he's done something to earn this time. So, you know, I would trust Sharon more in Jim Harbaugh with this one.
0: Uh, this one's from, uh, more of a comment from account 22. One of our, our, one of our perpetual listeners and followers, uh, he says, Mason Graham, probably out one more week. Yeah. Mason Graham, during the Bowling Green game, suffered a thumb injury. He did not play this past week. Jim Harbaugh was pretty forthright about that, and typically when injuries have clarity, he is forthright about it. Won't see him this weekend at Nebraska. Maybe you don't see him against Minnesota. We'll see, but again, uh, I thought Kenneth Grant, all the defensive tackles were outstanding Saturday. But you do miss Mason Graham. Uh, He's one of your better defensive players. So, yeah, should be a quick turnaround for him. I uh, hope to have him back healthy soon. And then I think we'll end on this one. It was a $2 super chat from GoBlue982. says, Donovan is a better wide receiver. Keep Mullings in as the second running back. Uh, I don't know. Like Donovan Edwards needs to get carries out of the backfield because that's going to make everything he does or everything he can do. You have to make that defense think about what the possibilities of a certain play could be. But this was the other thing that Jim Harbaugh brought up Monday was that, he, he hearkened back to Toby Gerhardt when discussing uh, what Kyle Kal- Mullings did late in that game. Certainly, I mean, r- has always run physically, but God, he's got he's got an underrated amount of juice and wiggle to his game, too. So I don't know that that's going to affect the the tandem as much. But I think that certainly uh, if you're going to do more of these power runs, I'm I'm going to see what that guy has instead of continuing to hurl Donovan Edwards at the line of scrimmage for a gain at one.
1: Khalil Mullings, man, that was, it was impressive. And I I, I think back to this too, when we watch him out there, because I think it was Mike Hart that said it a few weeks ago, where when you think of Khalil, he's really like a freshman or sophomore in terms of running back years, but he's a senior as a football player at Michigan, which probably one, it says, Hey, he's got room to grow here in this position. And two, you can kind of trust him. You know, he's a veteran guy and they obviously love what he brings to the table. Um, so I think of it from one, it's great to have that type of guy in there. You know, let's say Blake is out for a you know a, a portion of this season. You got Donovan Edwards, and if he's not if he's not performing well enough, you know, you certainly are gonna mix in Kallel Mullings, and you probably would anyway. Um, but long term as well, I think Khalel going into his fifth year next year, he'll still have more eligibility. he's a one more year fund guy, I feel like, uh, for sure. And he's already in Ross. I know uh Kalal is a super high academic kid and hey, you know I think they would pitch to him, take an extra year of, of grad school or take it do a free year of grad school this year at the University of Michigan, get in that business program you want to and and play football. but that's just uh, that's just a strong hunch. All
0: right, well Clayton, I think that's a good place to put a pin in tonight's show. Uh, thank you guys for watching live. Uh, we'll have Chris back with us on Thursday when we preview the road trip to nebraska that we all three of us will be taking by the way so excited for that excited to get out on the road for the first time this year um, get last two weeks really just feel like football season is is finally here and and finally underway so excited for that be sure to like and subscribe to our youtube channel get in on the wolverine.com's premium content by signing up uh, for $1 for your first month of access, uh, get in on that deal as well. Thanks to all of our sponsors. Uh, those of you watching live, the great questions producer Megan behind the scenes. So for Clayton Safi, I'm Anthony Broom. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you again soon. <music>